welcome to the Cairo United podcast from mid-April 2011. This podcast is brought to you by CPP Seminars. We have a great cervical rehab seminar coming up in Detroit, Michigan on May 7th. Follow that by May 14th. We have an instrument adjustment upper cervical seminar in Kansas City. And for all of you uh, outside the U.S., we have pediatrics coming to London on May 21st. Also brought to you by Elite Coaching. For more information on Dr. Fred DiDomenico and how his coaching methods can help your practice, go to www.elitecoachingllc.com. Also new to CBP as well as Elite Coaching, we have a new patient care class available. Many of you enjoyed the patient care class that Dr. Harrison and myself did many years ago. Well, Dr. Fred joined forces with CBP and we have the best patient education class available. It's Youth in Vitality 2011. For more information, browse to either CBP Seminars or Elite Coaching homepage for more information. This podcast is also brought to you by PostureCo, developers of the X-ray digitization EMR known as PostureRay. For more information on how PostureRay can benefit and build your practice, browse to www.posturco.com. Also, while there, check out our iPhone and iPad screening app known as Posture Screen Mobile. Just submitted to iTunes is the update for a comparison module. Soon you'll be able to do comparisons before and after adjustment or before and after care. So that way you can see how effective your treatment interventions are at correcting those subluxations. Better yet, it's the best educational tool. Imagine your CA doing a posture exam on a patient before you adjust them, right afterwards you adjust them. Before they get home, they have in their inbox, in their email, a chance to show their husband or their wife the changes that just occurred with their spine, which obviously leads to better health. So for more information, browse to PostureCo.com. Good evening. This is April 20th, 2011, another edition of the Chiropractic United podcast. And uh, Chiropractic United is made up of Dr. Deed Harrison, a CBP. I'm Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching, Dr. Joe Farantelli of Posture Co. And tonight, uh, Deed couldn't make it, but we do have a phenomenal guest speaker, Dr. Evan Katz. In just a few words off the top of my head for you, Evan, he's a longtime CBP practitioner and chose to specialize one of the specialties, obviously spinal correction, but applying that to PI cases. And Evan is actually sought after, speaks all around the world um, as an expert in the clinical practice of dealing with uh, soft tissue injuries and personal injury cases and using CBP research to validate corrective care and the need um, for spinal correction in that niche of people and how important that is. So. Uh, there's a lot more that you have to offer, Evan, so welcome, yeah, welcome and uh, Evan. why don't you tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are and your purpose and what you're doing. So, well, thanks for having me here. Uh, you know, I always love speaking to you guys and I feel like I could always, I always learn a lot of things every time uh, I, I talk to either one of you. Um, so my wife and I, we, we practice CBP in Boulder. And I mean, we see a lot of patients uh, um, that are, and a lot of patients that aren't in, in car crashes. But what we've done is we, it always seems, at least in our practice, a lot of the times we see a lot of patients that come in after they've, they've seen, you know, everybody. They've seen the surgeon, they've seen the PT, they've seen the uh, chiropractor that's not doing CVP, and then they see the physiatrist. And then when we really apply the science, to the research, to our clinical experience with these car crash patients, we're seeing that we're really making a big difference in helping these patients get better and heal quicker and also get a better understanding of the injuries and a lot of these pathologies that are really significant that happen in these car crashes. Well, so what do you see? Like you said, and, and we all know that you have these people with soft tissue injuries, unless somebody really knows how to correct the spine, I mean, you see major distortions pre and post accident. I want you to tell us a little bit about that. If you've seen x-rays and then crash, and then what do those post, post-trauma x-rays look like and how does that affect people? Yeah, we, um, you know, there are studies that um, Punjabi has done in the lab at Yale and other researchers that, you know, they've even entitled some of the papers that whiplash causes an S-shaped curve. 
And, you know, obviously we really can't put healthy individuals and crash them. I mean, I know. Well, we used to. <laughs> yeah, Croft sometimes has done that. And, you know, that was amazing. But what has ha- what didn't really happen was what's happening to the people's necks before and after. We see that in crashes and, you know, cadavers and, and in live people, um, you're getting the same buckling phenomenon in the neck that, you know, the Harrisons and Joe, you know, Dr. Joe has talked about. But what we did was we started um, we started treating patients that had a reverse curve from a car crash, and then uh, we you know take another X-ray, and we see that we're making improvements. And then those same patients, unfortunately, we get another crash. So what we started doing, my wife and I, was we started just compiling. Wow, look at this! Look at this amazing data we're getting. We're actually using them as their own, uh, you know, their own. Um, Case control. Yeah, on yeah. case control. So we have what their neck looked like, sometimes just a couple days, sometimes a few months, um, sometimes the same day, and they get in a crash and we take another x-ray. And what we found was exactly what the research um, what the research has been showing, but now we can really prove it, um, that this is what's happening in individuals. Now, some of it is kind of hard because we're getting patients that already have an abnormal spine and then they get hit again. So we're seeing sometimes a 10-degree difference what we're seeing is the better the neck, the worse it can, you know, the worse it can get, uh, simply because the neck, you know, can buckle so much. And then when you get another hit, it's how much further can it really buckle? Um, and then, you know, then I called Deed and Joe, and I was like, hey, you guys are the big researchers. I have this information. What can we do? And then Joe's like, hey, I see the same thing. Yeah. So we're just trying to compile this information, um, and we keep getting more and more people, unfortunately, for the patients, um, but good for science to really show, like, wow, here's a pathology that is occurring in these crashes, and here's a pathology that the literature is very strongly supporting that this is a very significant pathology, not just today, but if left untreated, uh, this is going to lead to some significant pathologies long term. Yeah, you know, and Evan, if I can interject in in just a second, is that, you know, I've treated my fair fair amount of personal injury. I mean, I I have a, a lot under my belt as well, as you know. And one of the things that, especially attorneys that, how should I say, um, really don't have experience trying cases a lot of times, they get scared because they say, oh, well, it's a, quote, soft tissue injury. And you and I know that soft tissue is significant. I mean, for crying out loud, our blood is soft tissue. So does that mean leukemia is any less than the cancer than, than bone cancer, you know? Um, but, you know, how, how do you like uh, educate attorneys on that and uh, you know and then how do you educate the patients and and bring that back in so they understand that you know they're treating for the car crash but you know if they're if their case settles they they really need to bring this full circle and continue on a wellness path because their spine was permanently injured in these crashes you know i think i mean there's there's a, a lot of facets to that um to that answer one you know i, I hope Oh man, it's a tough. It's tough to answer because I think the the people that get it right away that understand that it's more than soft tissue if it's a reverse curve or it's a disc or a ligament or the facet joint, and then of course which ligament is it? You know, is the uh, you know is the nuchal ligament or the interspinous ligament worse than if it's a transverse or accessory ligament? And, you know, it depends. It's case by case, of course, but. The patients, once they, they know what they're living with, they know that, like, I don't care what you're calling this. Well, you can call it soft tissue. You can put a scientific name. All I know is that my life is not as good now as it was before the crash. And then when you start treating them appropriately, like, wow, I am getting better. So to them, it's, I don't want to say it's an easy sell, but they see the value in that. You know, before the crash, they were playing with their kids and they were able to concentrate. Yeah. Crash happens. They're not doing those things. We start to treat them with CVP and really try to apply the methods. Then they can start trying to get back to some of those, um, some of those uh, activities. Right. In terms of the attorneys, you know, I think what I've done is just, you know, most attorneys look at it, and I don't know if it's a business model that they want clients in and want clients out. And I think just over the years, they've gotten used to using the soft tissue phrase because it's what the insurance companies use. And a lot of these attorneys have set up, um, you know, set up practices to work with particular doctors who will 
diagnose it with a quick spray and strain to get the patient in and get patient out. And those were the patients that we really started seeing, you know, even after their cases settled with them, like, I'm still in a lot of pain. You right. know, they said it would be better. So I think over time, it's just trying to get to the right people in terms of providers, um, trying to have the, the patients educate their own attorneys that you need to take this serious um, right. and you need to get in touch with my provider so that you really understand what's happening. And, and it's far and few between, unfortunately. I think the, the I'm hoping that the tide is shifting. and I mean, We see it in healthcare, it's definitely shifting. But in terms of the med legal, we have to, you know, I think it's strength in numbers. When we start doing a more appropriate job, which I think, you know, most of the CBP providers do, they're going to start demanding more of their attorneys to say, you need to represent what you need to represent the information that my doctors are saying because you accepting this offer based on what they're telling me these injuries are just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a, obviously, you know, it's a convoluted answer, but there's a lot of facets to that one. How do you, how do you get them to understand it and really look at the science and really know it? And it's hard. Well, I think, um, to answer your question, there's a, there's a couple facets to to your question a while ago, Joe. And first of all, clinically, I think as doctors, we have responsibility to these types of patients. And you guys know, because we're all spine geeks, but you know, when there's a soft tissue injury and an abnormal curve, and you shift the biomechanics, those abnormal biomechanics put so much stress and strain on those ligaments that the rate at which they're going to degenerate is highly accelerated. So, and there's some pretty good uh, corrective techniques, even dental rolls and things, and you learn a little bit about traction, almost enough to be dangerous, but we have a responsibility to fix these people because the only way they're going to get better is you got to take, you have to load that spine in a lordotic curve so that spine loads and you don't have stress points that are all loading to, to a particular segment because that's where those ligaments are torn. Now that thing, that spine is just going to get shredded because now you're going to get shearing forces just with normal motion. So when you put those curves in there and you distribute the force of motion across the, uh, across the whole curve rather than isolate it onto a segment, then that person has the – and then strengthen the muscles around it, that person has the potential for a somewhat normal life. If we don't do that and we don't take that responsibility – that person will develop disease. Yep. And that's just the way it is. So there's a responsibility. And I, I get the chiropractic purpose and principle, and there's lots of groups out there waving that subluxation flag. But when you have somebody that has soft tissue injury, you have a responsibility as a doctor to do no harm. And that's the Hippocratic Oath. And not fixing them is doing harm. And that's a very strong opinion, but that's why... We're here teaching you how to do this stuff and exposing you to this. The second thing, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say the second thing with the patient is there's a difference between progression and urgency. Like you said it, Evan, you know, they come in, they can't play with their kids anymore. And the thing is you can get them out of pain and they can start playing with their kids, but it's not going to last. So they may make a thinking error. And the key, like most management groups teach progression but people will stick to the program because of urgency. Urgency equals rate. It's how fast their spine is degenerating. Because when you say, hey, you were in an accident three weeks ago, three weeks ago you were working out at the gym, today you can't even lift your three-year-old son. How fast did your body break down? Yep. And those are the type of questions you ask. And then you say, it's going to continue at that rate until you go into disability, which is actually the truth. Yep, absolutely. And, and so yeah. that, go on, Evan. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, I mean, Fred, that, that's exactly that's how I view it. You know, that's with the seminar that we did at part. You know, that I presented at Park City with CBP and with you there is my you know my stance on it is not you know oh is is the uh, attorney going to get this? Is the insurance company going to pay for this? It's this patient came into my office and we identified a pathology that I know leads to very significant problems. And now I am, I'm responsible to fix that. I mean, if we go to our cardiologist, they're responsible to check our blood pressure and some other things. And if it's high, 
they're responsible to do something about that. Now, I can say I'm not going to do anything about that, and that's completely up to me. But I, I can't, we cannot release those patients with a reverse curve and instability because, oh, the insurance company thinks I'm only allowed 10 visits. Well, then what you did is you just broke that Hippocratic Oath because now you're putting an insurance company or financials before that patient's health care, and that's not why they go to a doctor's office. And that's how I think, I mean, that's my, my very strong value on that is we have, we have a duty as doctors to recognize this and to help the patient, and we need to do that, and we need to explain to them why it's important. And, and I agree, it's a, I believe, I strongly, firmly believe that it's a standard of care issue. Yeah. You know, here's the research that shows a reversal of the curve and ligament injuries are very, very problematic long-term. And here's the research that shows here's a technique that can actually help it. It yeah. needs to be applied. Yeah, it really should be, you know, in, in my humble, of course, we're a little biased, but really, I mean, it, it should be a standard of care doing some structural-based work with, with these types of injuries. I mean, it, it is our duty. And you know what else, too, is that I, I always talk to um, doctors, I mean, chiropractors that say that they always have a hard time, you know, how, how they look up to, you know, my clinic as, wow, how do you get all these doctors to refer to you? And it's simply doing the science and doing good patient care. And, uh, you know, I met last week with a guy that I've wanted to meet with probably for about 11 years, one of the most prominent neurosurgeons in my area. He asked to speak and see and set up a, a time that he could actually meet me because he's heard so many different good cases that he was about to do surgery on. And uh, he was amazed at some of the pre-post changes that, you know, we have a lot more in common with these guys than we give ourselves credit for. It's just the approaches that they're trying to do. And, you know, when you have a good surgeon out there, that's the last thing that they want to do is cut on somebody, you know, and they want to give them the best shots. And this guy, you would have thought when you're, you're talking to him, of course, you know, his, his trade obviously is operations, but that's the last thing he wants to do is operate on somebody. And uh, it opens up a line of communication, though, doing structural-based care like what we do. Well, I agree. And another thing, um, and this is a statement, and then will be a question to you, Evan, because I get guys all the time, and I, you know, when they come into Elite, uh, you know, I hear, well, you know, I'll use, I'll use this posture organ stuff on uh, my regular patients, but I can't do it on PI because I got to close the case at three thousand dollars. And one thing I know when I was in practice and one thing that we teach is you can interview attorneys. Like I used to go and invite attorneys to a group interview and I, we'd make a PowerPoint and then we say, here's what we do and here's what I'm looking for because this is our specialty and here's the research and here's the backing and we can prove our cases and we understand disability ratings and all those things that I'm looking for an attorney that's not afraid to go to court, that's willing to stand up for the rights of our patients. And at that time, you know, we were seeing over 500 a week. And you say, and they see, you see the dollar signs in their eyes, and you say, look, we see 600 a week. I mean, you don't have to say that, but you say, hey, we get, you know, 15 or 20 new patients a month. And we have this volume, and these people get in accidents. And because of this specialty, we get people coming in all the time. What I'm looking for is someone that's going to take care of our patients to the level that we are. And you'll find these guys coming to your door, begging you to work with them, and you get to interview them and decide who you pick, who's the right guy, who's going to use the research. And so I know that you know, you guys both know that, Evan. So do you want to comment on any, you've made some comments on the research, but relationships that you've established with attorneys and which guys will fight for those cases and really turn what most doctors think into a small case into a, a big substantial case that that uh, gives the care to the patient that they need and make it legal yeah I mean you know that's what we do is we you know we feel fortunate that we could be at a place where and and we you know my wife and I we've been at a crossroads where Attorneys' offices have called us and said, "We want to work with you. We want to send you our, you know, auto patients." And granted, we want to help as many people as we can. But when they tell us, like, "Look, you only can see this patient for three thousand dollars. We settle the cases for twelve. 
the attorney gets three, the chiropractor gets three, the patient gets three. And granted, sure, I could probably be rich on that method. Like, okay, just send me everyone, we'll do it. But, you know, we have that barometer, my wife and I, of can we put our head to the pillow and sleep well at night? And we got to a point, like, I, you know, that's cutting the patient off the knees. That's actually not helping them. That's taking advantage of them. So we got to a point where we don't, we don't take um, auto patients or liens, especially um, from any attorney. We work with a couple. We work with a few, and because and the only reason it's a few is because it is a, a far and few in between of who we want to work with. Um, we've probably, you know, I always, I don't know if it's a joke or not, but we sometimes joke that yeah, we probably burned some bridges, but the bridges that we formed are really strong. And the reason that we say we burn bridges is. I expect everyone treating that patient to treat that patient with as much energy and knowledge that I feel we're putting in. And if I treat the patient, it's a loss of curve, and they have significant pathologies, and the attorney doesn't do anything, and they settle for ten cents on the dollar, they don't acknowledge how you know how serious these problems are, and they don't relate that information, then we can't work with that. A, a provider. It's, it adds too much stress, and then we have a patient that's now irritated about the whole process, as opposed to a patient that they really got fantastic care on all facets. So, I, you know, what I say to the providers or you know the the doctors that are like, oh, well, you know, um, I only see my three thousand dollars. Well, the question I have to them is, do you do you feel that you can go in front of your board and? Do you really feel that you can defend your license? Because what you're telling me is this patient was hurt. You're telling me they had a loss of curve. You're telling me they had instability that are significant, but you release them due to financial. That's completely against your license, and yep. you should be reprimanded. And I, I strong, I feel yep. very strongly about that. Uh, I know I'll probably irritate some chiropractors saying that, but it's true. Need, it's true. We need to start. You know, I mean, look at it this way. That, if everyone practiced where we really look and hey, I have patients that either in car crashes and maybe it's a thousand dollars of care. The curve's not bad. There's no instability. We treat them and they're fine. It's not every patient, but if you evaluate that patient and you see that there's some pathologies, you better rise to the occasion because that's why they're coming to you. Yeah. Uh, and then we're no we're no better or worse than the insurance company that's saying nope. We think it's just soft tissue. We're not going to help anything. You're just feeding. You're just putting more fuel onto that fire, as opposed to trying to change the face of healthcare and what our system really represents and what we as doctors represent. Um, not only that, but CBP doctors who absolutely. have the research. Yeah, and you know, you know what I wanted to interject here too is that you know, Fred, you you pointed it out where um, doctors will go into their office and if it's a cash or regular insurance patients, they say to themselves, okay, we're going to talk and tell the truth about subluxation and posture and organ, how it relates, and then they don't want to do it with PI cases. The same thing is um, with documentation. I've encountered so many doctors that take really garbage notes on everybody but a personal injury case. And, I, I mean, I just, I'm astonished because, you know, in my office, and I know when you practiced and then with, with Evan, it doesn't matter if I'm giving away care or if it's a PI patient, a workers' comp, a Medicare, general insurance. If you randomly pull any of my, my cases, they all have outcome assessments. They all have exams. They all have x-rays. They have postures. Everybody's treated the same regardless of how they came into the office. And what it makes it even better is that we document so well. And I tell patients when they come in, they say to me, well, well doc, you know, why do I have to do this this SF-36 form? They don't say SF-36, but they say, why do I have to do all this paperwork? And I tell them because I want to prove how good you are. I want to prove it's your insurance policy of how healthy we're going to make you. God forbid something happens. I want to prove where you were before that, that crisis happens. And guess what happens? They get in an auto injury. And I have, and as Evan pointed out, and that was Evan's uh, little... Uh, stick to uh, get Deed and I back on track with finishing that research study. We, we actually have, we have, right now we have at least 40 to 60 cases and we wrote up, we actually have the preliminary research on about 40 of them that, uh, you know, no matter what vector the crash is and whether or not it was a week before or two days before or two months before, 
we actually have these cases pre-post-crash that these injuries occurred. And we wouldn't have that if we didn't have good documentation using, you know, any good soap note software, posture, a little selfless plug. And, you know, taking posture pictures on people, we have to document these things. And that's one of the reasons why attorneys want to refer to us because they know, especially where some people will cringe and say, oh, they were treated for low back pain. I look at it and say, great. Yeah, he came into me. He had low back pain. Guess what? That was a lowered injury threshold. So if he got T-boned, of course he's going to get injured more. He had arthritis before. Of course. It's common sense. You know, and so I look at those as an easier case because we had better documentation on them and we have a, a better explanation on how they got injured because they were already injured prior. Well, and the research supports that an injured spine is is uh, more likely to experience like a kyphotic spine prior to an accident will have more damage than a lordotic spine. Oh, absolutely. So, once they are injured or their structure is distorted, the research supports that the injury as a result of the trauma will be more extensive. Yep. Absolutely. You know, but the other thing, the other catch on that, though, Fred, is what, you know, Joe obviously is not the norm, unfortunately, in terms of the notes. But what usually happens is the patient went in, maybe they did see a chiropractor and notes don't say anything. And then the crash comes and then they evaluate them and really don't say anything. So you can't, you, you can't separate what exactly happened. And that's, I think, where the big problems come in, unless it's appropriately documented and the patients appropriately are treated. Because normally what happens is, oh, a patient came in, they had neck pain. You know, and then, oh, they're not, they got another crash, but the neck pain's worse. Well, neck pain from what? You know, what was the neck pain from before? Now what is the neck pain from? What was the, you know, if you used posturate, what were the angulations of the spine? Now what is it? Now you start getting into not pain, but, okay, what's causing this pain? Is it the ligament? Which ligament? Which position is causing that? And then how does that affect their lives and, you know, different positions that they're in? And then also, um, what was it like before? And then you could actually have some concrete evidence of what it was like before. Um, where most chiropractors are like, oh, that neck pain, a little bit of, you know, tenderness here, but there's no appropriate diagnosis. Um, well, and the reality is today, and we have a, Mike Misko is a compliance attorney that consults with Elite, and uh, the reality is it doesn't matter if they're cash PI insurance. You can get sued just as easily on a cash patient, and you have to prove your treatment all the way around. You can't just treat someone yep. for the heck of it. You have to have a treatment plan you know, on a goal, improve loss of function and do all that with everybody. I mean, that's your responsibility as a doctor, let alone the way, you know, the application of what you guys are talking about with PI cases. But let's get to the basics. We're doctors. They're a patient. We're legally responsible to have a plan with their treatment. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. Well, so one of the things, too, Evan, now you're speaking at our uh, Chicago seminar coming up next weekend, April 31st, May 1st. And uh, one of the things that we're bringing, we want to bring you into Elite, and there's so many doctors out there that treat PI that want to be better, want to set up the relationships. And you're starting a coaching program, a teleconference and things. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that that you're going to be introducing at our seminar next week? Yeah, we're going to do um, just setting up because I get, I get calls a lot and emails a lot from chiropractors like, hey, you know, how do you differentiate this or document this and what research do you use? So I figured a way to do it is to set up just a, a teleconference that people could, you know, people can join. Um, we do, we're going to do different uh, topics. One might be on the physical exam, certain tests that can identify different things. So, you know, because the, the bigger thing here is, with an appropriate diagnosis, whether it's an auto case or not, but in this case, it does relate to auto, but you have to get a lot of pieces of the puzzle to see the picture. And a lot of those pieces can be as simple as certain physical exams and then document what they mean. And then um, looking at the physical exam and then correlating their images as part of the physical exam, does it correlate to what they're saying, to their range of motion, where does it hurt, do those things all start to correlate? And then we'll have another one which would be um, more the consultation. There's a lot in the consultation that 
the patient will tell you or they won't tell you because you didn't ask the right question and you guys know is you know they're not going to they're not going to just tell you something you have to ask and it's like well why didn't you tell me that well you didn't ask so it's with the consultation it's it could be something as simple as what well, was your head turned when the crash came were you looking in the rearview mirror it may seem like a simple question but it's something that they're not going to give you but that piece of information can then lead to putting you into a little bit, uh, looking a little clo- more closely at one area than another, and then also setting it up. So if it does come into an arbitration or a mediation or trial or a deposition, you can answer these questions like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter where her head was. Well, yeah, it does. But did you ask? No. So you really don't know. Well, they kind of have a good point. So it's it, getting into that aspect of the consultation to get more pieces of the puzzle, and then we're going to look at dealing with insurance companies, you know, uh, what happens when they depose you, um, what happens when they're crossing you in trial, what do you think they're going to say, what what are, what are tactics, not, you know, I don't want to say they're tactics, but what have I experienced, you know, I, I've been to court, I'm going to court uh, twice next month um, that I'm scheduled for, um, you know, I've, had de- I've got depots set up, and you know stuff like, hey, when they come in, this is what this is what I found. This is what happens. These are common questions that I'm asked, um, and then also dealing with attorneys. You know, so there's four topics, and then you know, how did I form relationships with certain attorneys? How do I deal with attorneys? How do I not deal with attorneys? Um, what do attorneys expect, both on the defense and the plaintiff side, and what do I expect from both the plaintiff and defense side? So we want to set that up. And then, you know, as we mentioned with, with CVP, we're also trying to set up, you know, uh, you know, and with Elite is trying to set up seminars, like yep. getting the research out there and, and using the research appropriately of how it relates to CVP. Um, I met with someone just the other day that's like, oh, do you just use CVP research? And, and honestly, I don't. Um, I use the CVP research as the, as the base, but then you could look at the other research that's out there that shows pathologies that happen in car crashes and how the CBP research relates to appropriate care based on research that comes out every day. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think is so fascinating and why I've been drawn to CBP so much is the research that like Dean and Don and Joe, like you guys have done, it's so far advanced to where we are right now, but it's starting to catch up. And you can say, well, look, they're, they're at this point here with this literature looking at ligaments get torn, but check out what CVP has said about um, a loss of curve and the stress on the ligaments. We have to restore ligaments because car crashes are shown to cause ligament damage, loss of stability. So then you start linking it together to give that patient the best treatment that they need and then substantiate your care. And personally, I think, you know, the insurance companies try to look at me like, oh, man, you know, you're the care is too much, you, you, know, you over-treated. Well, most of the time we can show that we actually save the insurance company a bundle of money because let's just, uh, as a round number, let's say uh, the settlement for chiropractic care is $10,000. Well, maybe they didn't need that $60,000 surgery. Um, yeah. So theoretically, you just save the insurance company $50,000. Um, and that's what we want to start doing with these teleconferences is just helping other providers get research, get more tools to help the patients. And if you do an honest ethical job, there's nothing a defense attorney can say that is going to, um, going to trip you up because you're, you're, you're treating based on guidelines, standard of care and research based on CBP. Yeah. And it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, for more people that want information on that program, and we're developing that program, uh, call me personally, Dr. Fred, at 253-851-8353. We're having a seminar in Chicago where Evan is going to present that on uh, April 31st, May 1st. If you want any information, give me a call or email me at drfred, D-R-F-R-E-D-1, the number one, at msn.com. It is those teleconferences, and this program is open to the profession. We are specializing that with CBP and Elite. But uh, we want to help doctors get better with PI cases throughout the profession. Also, one thing, uh, get off the topic a little bit or go into a management part if you guys don't mind. Uh, one thing, like I mentioned earlier, 
where doctors think, well, you know, PIs don't count, you know, when it, you know, I treat PIs differently. And I would encourage people with the principle and philosophy of chiropractic, they're a person with a spine. And PI is how they pay. But every person deserves to have a strong, healthy spinal structure and posture. And so I think, you know, the thing is you still talk posture organ. You know, we have boot camps. There's one coming up in June, day one, day two. Uh, you, your consultation can become specific for PI, but you're still going to talk about posture organ because they can come in with neck pain, and, and you guys can attest to this, you know, how many areas are injured that they don't experience pain yet. I mean, I remember um, my early years as a chiropractor, as a chiropractor, rolling my truck, and it was two weeks. I didn't feel anything for two weeks, and then I couldn't move, and I had a disc problem for six months. I mean, thank God I knew corrective care. So a lot of times they come in after an accident, they may only be complaining of neck pain, but it's a full spine injury. Hey, um, Fred, just out of here, why do – see, that I can't wrap my head around that. Why do they treat them different? I don't, I don't understand that. Well, I don't know. It's totally against the principle. The thing is, they think, you know, well, I got to limit their case, so I'm going to do this, and and they think, well, but, but go they're, ahead. They're worried. They're simply worried that if they don't do what the attorneys say, it's going to cut off their ability to receive uh, patients from um, those uh, providers, and that's what they're worried about. They're worried about if they make if they ruffle any feathers instead of doing what's right for the patient, instead of taking time and and going over to the attorney and say. Hey, you know what? This is the injuries that you're missing, and did you know that this is the what the treatment is for? And did you know that this is a permanent injury, and this person is going to have consequences? So you got to really go to bat for this person. And if you're not willing to do that, you know I'm ethically bound to maybe suggest a different attorney. And you know, like Evan said, there, you know, you definitely burn some bridges out there. And early in my career, that's what I did. I went around to doctors and attorneys. And I would, I would buy them lunch, and I would say, and that's right when I was going through all of Art Croft's seminars when we were doing crashes back then, and we had pre-post DMXs on people, and you could see their spine buckling right there. Five minutes later after a crash, you saw that they had a kyphotic neck, and it wasn't muscle spasm because they didn't feel any pain or anything like that, and we know that cadavers don't have muscle spasm and get the right. same alignment. You know, and uh, so I was teaching attorneys that and doctors that, anybody who would listen, I would I would do a lunch and learn for, and uh, that was really effective. And I think those those doctors that you know were worried that I have to treat a PI case a certain way, you know, they're worried that that attorney is going to just cut off whatever referrals that might be coming in their way. And you know what, you just have to tell the attorney the truth. And if it's the and like Evan hit it, if it's the patient that decides they don't want to do it, that's okay. If you try, yeah, it's up to the patient. So if you say to a patient, "Hey, look, you know what? I think I can fix your spine more. You're approaching and stabilizing, but I think there, there's more we can do." You know, do you want to do that? This is your health. And if they say, "Hey, you know what? I'm feeling good right now," hey, you know what? It's their choice. You know, you inform them. But it's another for uh, you know uh, doctors to just uh, just give up and just say, "Okay, well, I'm going to only treat them for two or three thousand dollars," and that's the wrong reason. It's you got to do what's best for the patient. Let the patient and doctor decide what's best for the care for them, and it's not what's best in in line with whatever attorney is providing, you know, or referring a person to you. You got to do what's best for the patient. That's what we. That's what we're ethically bound to. We're not ethically bound to an attorney. We're ethically bound to a patient. I, I agree, and I mean, I have so much to say on this on this topic. You know, um, well, you'll you'll be saving it for Fred's seminar. Well, yeah. I'll tell you. There, you know, there's so much on each of these topics, and it, it, I think you get into really bad. Uh, well, one, I just think it's unethical, and I think you get into really dangerous waters when you start providing care based on what an attorney or what an insurance company tells you to do over the research and guidelines, because that attorney. And that insurance company will not come to your rescue in front of your court if someone makes a complaint. And, you know, and you have to look at that like, why? Why am I treating this patient? What am I doing? What are the pathologies? Because let's face it. Now, now, granted, this is going to sound like a terrible comment as well. Um, if 
you know, maybe why a lot of people don't do CBP and they just try to have the practices with the high volume attorneys is maybe ignorance is bliss. You can't get in trouble if you didn't diagnose a reverse cervical curve or instability. If you don't look for it, you can't diagnose it. Yeah. If you look for it and you diagnose it, now you're responsible to do something about it. And that changes the whole flavor. Um, you know, if you treat the patient and you say, oh, it seems like it's just a sprain strain. And, you know, the attorney settles it for a little bit. You get a little bit. Patient goes away and they're going to end up in our practice later with chronic pain. That's one thing. But if you go ahead and you know the research and you look at it, one, you're going to have down the road, you're going to have a patient win, lose, or draw in court. They're going to know that you gave them the best care possible, and they're going to refer to you more than that attorney will. Exactly. And I'll tell you, I rem- in practice, you know, we educated these people just like, you know, what we're talking about and the detriments. And, and you could prove their injury, and you could also prove what type of care they would need in the future. And we would write that into the report. And because our patient education system was so solid that I would write the report and I'd say, okay, um, we're allowing for this much treatment. They're going to put this much money towards your maintenance. And one thing we used to tell them is we have so many people that come here that have been through cases. And once that insurance company signs that check and you cash it, nobody cares except for you and I what the future of your health is. So I would say when they give you that check and you get that settlement, you bring this much money to me and we're going to put you on the stabilization program and make sure that you stay healthy. And I would have patients walking in with their settlement check going, here's $3,000 for my maintenance. They would take it off the top and you think most patients would run, but our patient education was so good that they would come in with that check and pay for stabilization. Now that's taking responsibility for a person's life and person's health. Those are patients that get it, they understand it, and it's a system. And I'm going to give a shameless plug here. That day one, day two boot camp is coming up in June in Atlanta, June 10th and June 12th through the 12th. And that's that first week is where you make that impression. And and uh, we're kind of getting on time here, but Evan, I just want you guys and Joe, since you take care of that, take care of so many PI cases. One thing that doctors really have to emphasize with patients and the management is that the doctor controls the value of the case, not the attorney. The doctor approves the value of the case. So if your PI patients don't make their appointments, you prove the value. You also have a responsibility to protect your reputation. So we used to tell patients, if even if you're here just for the money and you're making a thinking error, we prove the value of your case. You can't get a dime without us adding that value. So you make your appointments. You follow everything we say. You do your exercises. Now, that's like, obviously, the default mode. Obviously, our patient education system wants to be better. But that's the truth in really taking responsibility is you control their case. You control everything about it, not the attorney. The attorney's relying on the doctor for everybody to get paid. Yep. And just like I wanted to say, too, is that uh, we're actually going to be talking a little bit about this as well, too. We have a seminar this weekend um, that we're going to be talking about lumbar rehab in a gorgeous place in Honolulu. But on May 7th in Detroit, Michigan, and I believe, Fred, you're going to be there, too, aren't you? I need to talk to Deed about that. I wasn't scheduled, but I'm well, thinking on showing up, yeah, so I need to talk to him about that. We're going to be doing a cervical rehab seminar, and we definitely go into – uh, the basics of whiplash trauma at that seminar. So if you're interested in rehabbing the cervical spine, we're going to be in Detroit, Michigan on May 7th for a one-day intensive seminar at the Weston Cadillac. So I invite all of you out there. We're going to definitely talk about that and talk about instability um, and uh, some mechanisms of injury as well at that at that case. But our, our uh, agenda is really when you have a bad neck, this type of bad neck, an S-curve, double harmonic, triple harmonic, what do you do with those cases? What type of traction do you do? Do the are they contraindicated to certain types of traction? So we walk you through every step, so you know with with certainty when that patient walks in, how do you progress them through care, especially if it is a personal injury case? 
Yeah, that's phenomenal. So it's uh, you know, I've attended that seminar many times, being uh, the lunch speaker, and uh, definitely high value there. Since it seems that cervical curve is the nemesis, can be the nemesis of chiropractic. So anyway, any anything else you guys care to add as we wrap up here? I'm mean, gonna have a lot more to say. But yeah, no. I know. Evan, Evan can talk on for about. No, it's a good thing that we're gonna be doing teleconferences, like Evan. What's that? It's a good thing that we'll be doing teleconferences because we you could fill a whole twelve hours on this easy. Oh, we can do this for like. I mean, that's what that's what I want to do is like week three day long that just covers like here's the research, here's how it's applied because I think whatever the pathology is, it, it you know the research is very clear that it's always going to have a better outcome with a loss of curve. Yeah. And that's what, that's where I'd like to see the research going like that. That one study that just got published in spine is really today is when they said it was coming out. Right. But we got it last week and it was, you know, upper cervical ligament injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we were going to talk a little bit about that with Deed, but you know, at least, I mean, look where they're going. Like, and they're, they're, they're recognizing, wow, these are significant. And of course, you know, the, the treatment that they did in this study, what was that on? It was like University of Texas? I, I can't recall where, where they did it, but the, the surgery they did was pretty uh, pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> it was pretty intense, yeah. yeah. It was, you know, so, so, so those are the things they look at. Like, okay, here's what they're offering these patients. They're fusing. They're putting bolts in the back of their skull down to like 2C2, C3, C4. Well, what if we get similar or better outcomes with the care that we're do with that we're doing, are you gonna say to that that ten or twenty thousand dollars of Cairo PT isn't worth it, but they'll pay that I mean how much do you think that surgery costs? An upper cervical fusion. I actually had the, the pleasure to, to go into an operating room and watch one once before. I saw some other cervical ones, but actually watch a C one C two fusion and this guy truly didn't need it. I actually referred him for it because I thought he was gonna die based on what happened, but you know, how much does that surgery cost? <laughs> Six figures. It, it, and that doesn't even include what type of treatment and care are they going to need after that. Yeah. But, but right. you know, the interesting thing, Joe, I don't know if you noticed in that study, did you see the pictures of their spine? Yeah, it, it was stuff that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. They were fused with a completely kyphotic neck. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And what I like about that is that these surgeons, you know, it's funny that people, and I know we're, we're trying to close down, uh, but people would always say, well, you know, we don't, I don't measure x-rays, you know, only you CBPers measure x-rays. Well, the darn surgeons, they're looking at this and measuring the x-rays because all these upper cervical injuries are getting missed because people don't put numbers on things. Yeah, like would you would you um, test someone's blood pressure without numbers? Yeah, it you know you're Mrs. Jones. It just feels like you got a high high blood pressure, or maybe you know what? It's good today. It feels good to my palpation. Yeah, it's mild, moderate, severe blood yeah. pressure. Yeah, <laughs> that, you know, but well, why are we held? Why do we think we shouldn't be held to that same standard? You need to measure it. You need to evaluate it. You need to look at it, and then you need an appropriate treatment regardless of who's paying it or if you're going to get paid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we have a business and we have families to feed and everyone does work and should be compensated for it. But it, we need to, you know, we need to educate the patients that this is what's happening. And if, you know, if it comes to a PI case and the attorneys are just looking at it as the sprain, strain, soft tissue, they need another attorney. And, and especially if it's on a lien, you know, and that's maybe where I burn bridges that I've told, I've told patients, look, you have, you have a few options. If you want to come here and you want me to take it on a lien, you need to switch attorneys, um, or you can go to another chiropractor, or you could pay uh, you could pay out of pocket. Those are your those are your options, and I can tell you what the what usually happens: they stay, mm-hmm. and either they pay or they're going to go to another attorney. Yeah, and right. and then everyone's happier. Now the that attorney is pissed at me and probably won't refer. But you know what? I'd rather make the patient happy than the attorney happy. And that's just how we practice. Like, we're going to get more, we, maybe we'll get more referrals off the um, PI attorney, but I think we're going to have better longevity in our practice with doing the right thing for patients and giving them the care they need based on what 
an attorney thinks because, oh, that's what the insurance company said. <laughs> well, that's living by your core values, man. When you compromise your core values, you're not fulfilling your purpose. And chiropractic isn't a job. It's a, it's a life purpose. So, so yeah. hats off to you. And, and well, thanks. And these patients are coming to us. You know, they they don't understand the system. You know, they don't know what is happening and what really goes on with insurance companies and attorneys. But they're coming to the when you know. I'd like to think when I go to a a doctor, or I, I took my car to a mechanic today. Not my area of expertise. I want that guy to be honest with me and tell me what it needs. Yep, you know, if yeah. I go, you know, like period, end of story. You know, regardless of. Who's saying what? Like, this is your area of expertise. Please inform me. That's why I'm paying you, and that's why I'm coming to you. And right. most patients, man, I mean, if we have a patient that we think they're just there because they want a settlement, we won't see them. Or they'll pay on a pocket. We're not going to bill the insurance or take um, take a lien. But most, 99%, man, they just they would do anything. Even if they got $700,000 verdict, if you could wave a magic wand and take all that away, and they had to sign that check over, every yep. single one would do it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. To get their health again. It, to get their health, there's nothing more valuable than, than your health. We all know right. that. Well, and that's being able to communicate that to them effectively, too. So, Well, okay, man, I know we could go on this topic forever and ever, so... Uh... And if there's any last comments, well, the, um, the last comment that I say, Fred, is that I'm always going to try and get this podcast out this week. Yeah, on iTunes. <laughs> I, I won't hold you to that. Yeah, I know. I'm going to try though. So if it comes out in two weeks, we know I tried. There you yeah, go. Well, well, that's that's good. And I, yeah, you're you're the technology guy, so I'm, I'm going to try. Yeah, I, I got you going on Skype today, Evan. I feel I, I'm proud of that. I'm. I know. Yeah, I'm, and you talked to us first. You know, this this was a first. You're first on Skype, and now you're going to be on iTunes in a couple of days. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, famous. Yeah, yeah uh, that. And and like Fred said, if if anyone is interested in these teleconferences we're going to do with auto specific, give give a call. Yeah, and awesome. How to help the cause. Great topic. All right, guys. So we're going to close up, and then we're going to do this again. We're going to shoot for Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. And Evan, it was great to have you on. Thank like you guys Fred. so much. It was great. And we're pulling for Deed for the next time. His uh, He had some serious computer issues. And, of course, me being the tech guy, I always give him a rib and say that he should have a Mac and make life a lot easier for him. So I'm sure he'll probably show up at the next seminar with a, with a you know MacBook Pro. But, uh, nice. Anyway, guys, uh, that's it. And if you need more information about CBP seminars, uh, www.idealspine.com or any more information on Posture Screen Mobile or our X-ray digitizing software, Posture Ray, just go to postureco.com. And, Evan, it was a pleasure, and we will Thanks, talk hey. to you soon. Yeah, Thanks let me give listening. one shameless plug also for Posture Ray. Um, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep on for another half an hour. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think, you know, everyone, I, I, it's what we do. That's all I can say. It's what we do. It's what's expected of us. We did it by hand. It, it, it's, it gives the patient more information. It gives us a lot more information on what's wrong. And, and like what Fred says and what Fred does, it's, you know, it, it's sticking to the core values, you know, and when you stick to your core values and you have science and research to back it up, I, you, you can't go wrong. I, I, it's just, it's as simple as that. Well, it's so. fulfilling your purpose. So yeah, doing the right thing. So there you go. All right, you guys. Well, have an awesome evening. Uh, again, signing off, Dr. Fred, Elite Coaching, Evan Katz, PI uh, Consult, Coach Extraordinaire, and Joe Farantelli at Posture Co. Uh, next week, we'll be back with D to CBP. So have an awesome evening, everyone, and we'll be here next week. All right, guys. Awesome. Good night. Good night. Take care.